0: This is a production of DermCast TV, brought to you by the Society of Dermatology PAs during our summer meeting in San Diego, California, June 2017. So we're going to talk about, this next lecture is going to be about fat, I called it where did all the adipocytes go, and these are my disclosures specifically for this talk, um, Human Med having done a research grant, and then I'm a speaker for thermiaesthetics. So I think that it's interesting, the demand for targeting fat tissue is is really expanding quite rapidly. And we know that um, in different individuals, male versus female as well, that fat will actually accumulate in different parts of the body. And so we know that these catecholamine neurotransmitters, like epinephrine, tend to bind to these beta-adrenergic receptors on the surface of the adipocytes and stimulate this lipolytic pathway. In areas where you have a low lipolytic response, so areas that aren't sensitive or aren't as sensitive to the catecholamines, tend to be the areas where fat will accumulate. So in women, it tends to be in the hips, in the abdomen. Um, In men, oftentimes it will be love handles, abdomen, things like that. So it's important to understand that it is different both in gender as well as in the patients themselves. And we know that weight loss and exercise will get us to a certain point. And then what else can you do? So we our patients are interested. A survey done in 2012 by the ASDS found that more than half of patients that are actually interested in cosmetic procedures wanted body sculpting procedures. I, I was surprised that that number was as high. Um, people are looking for faster results. They want less downtime. Um, they want to be able to do multiple things with one procedure, but as cosmetic surgeons what we're looking for are certainly faster procedures. We want to reduce our costs and expenses. We want to have ease of treatment and certainly it's nice for us if it can be done by a non-physician or even no operator uh, that necessarily needs to be there. And then of course fewer complications. That's really important. So many different areas that we're trying to target, the face, the upper body, which includes the arms, gynecomastia, abdomen, hips, flanks, love handles, the lower body, now thighs, pubis, buttocks and knees. So again, we can treat pretty much everywhere on the body. Question is what machine you pick to do that with. But if you go on the internet, you can find many other ways to solve all your problems. And uh, it's pretty amazing. Those are just a few of the things out there that will completely reduce your weight and your fat deposits. And my favorite is the slow, the, the slimming toe ring. I think that's quite interesting. So I'm going to talk today in three parts. I'm going to talk about the not completely non-invasive lipolysis, minimally invasive lipolysis, and then the invasive lipolysis. So we'll start first with the non-invasive, and that includes things like cryolipolysis, radiofrequency devices, ultrasonic devices, low-level light lasers, um, which include with and without vibration, and vacuum massage. So let's talk about cryolipolysis. I won't use um, the... We're not supposed to use CME terms as far as the products themselves, but if you have any questions, feel free to ask me um, at break or after. Cryolipolysis. So what's nice about it? They really have relatively no downtime. Patients come in. They uh, have little pain. The discomfort is usually when you apply the applicator, which is a vacuum machine that sucks up the skin and the fat, Um, once that area gets really cold, it goes numb, and the patients tolerate the procedure very well. The arms tend to be the most sensitive area, but now there's a new applicator coming out for that area that should cause less discomfort. Um, You get a gradual dissolution of the fat. We tell patients usually it takes about two to three months to see your results. There's minimal operator, once you put them on the machine, they sit there for one to two hours, depends on what machine you have and what uh, head you have, and then uh, you change the head when you're going to another area. And then it is FDA approved for the abdomen, and then they're looking for other sites as well. What are the cons about it? You do have consumables. These do require these little um, uh, pieces that you insert each time you do a treatment. The cost of the machine is not inexpensive itself. Uh, you can get bruising, you can get numbness, and the numbness, really, that issue tends to be with arms. Uh, patients don't like that sensation. The numbness in abdomens and thighs and things like that, not typically a big deal. It's multiple sessions. I think the mistake that was made, we've had our machine, we were the first site to have it in the U.S. on the West Coast years ago, And this mistake that people were told is that it's one treatment and you're done. Now, sometimes people can do one session and they are done. But for the most part, the majority of patients that do the best are told that it can be multiple sessions, somewhere between one to three sessions. And again, it's it's patient dependent. Um, The other big thing that they've now realized, and I have seen a few cases of this, is the paradoxical adipose hyperplasia, where patients come back and instead of having fat reduction, they appear to have an increase of fat in that area. Happens in about one in 20,000 cases, but it is important that you tell the patient that this can happen. In those situations, I will usually do a different modality to get rid of the fat at that point. Now here's an example, when I first uh, started out, this was a patient, we did one session on him, he ate well, Um, pretty remarkable results in one session. If you saw that patient in your office, you would want to warn them that it could take multiple sessions, but this patient did adjust their diet and exercise. Know that on all of these patients, you have to get a weight the the minute they come in the office before you do the treatment, and we typically get measurements as well, because sometimes you'll have someone that says, I didn't see any results, and then you put them on the scale and they're 20 pounds heavier, so you need to make sure that you have the parameters before they start anything uh, and that you know where they're at at the beginning. And here's a patient of mine, this was actually one session after, uh, two months after one session on the arms, and patients do like it. We get some element, not only of the fat reduction, but a little bit of skin retraction with that. So contact radiofrequency. Again, you're taking the radiofrequency, putting it on the skin, delivering heat into the tissue. And the nice thing, again, you have different kinds of modalities. You've got the bi- tri and uni or monopolar radio frequencies. The bi and tripolars typically do not have pain. Most people describe it as a hot stone massage, so it can be a little hot or a little warm in areas, um, but patients tolerate it very well. There's no real downtime. The thermal stimulation is what leads to that lipase-mediated degradation of the adipocytes. Um, Tripolar typically goes to about 20 millimeters in depth. The unipolar or monopolar is the one that tends to That's the one that people know that um, has a real burning sensation. It it works, but it can be very uncomfortable for patients. And they've made some changes to the parameters of it, including vibration to it, so it should be a little less uncomfortable, but most of my patients are are not very happy with that one. Um, The cons with it is that you can get a burn, and so it's important that you have a temperature gauge with whatever modality you're using so that you watch the temperature. And if a patient is describing some... Excess heat, and they're saying, "Ow, it's starting to hurt. We grab the temperature gauge, and we check what the temperature is to make sure that it's not too high, because typically on the surface of the skin, you want to stay around that 40 to 42 degrees. Over 45 is where you can get in trouble, and you can burn the skin. Multiple sessions. Again, you have to explain to patients that it's not one and done. It really does take multiple sessions to get your results. I usually tell people it's about six sessions. That's on the average. You do need an operator to perform these procedures. So someone is in there, it is typically done in my office. Again, this is not a laser. And in the state of California, we cannot have anyone but RNs or PAs or um, NPs running lasers. But this machine, you can. So this can be done by by medical assistants as well. Um, There are long procedure times. These procedures take somewhere between a half an hour to an hour, again, depending on the areas that you're doing and how many areas you want to treat in one time. The monopolar, unipolar are painful. The bipolar has a lower depth of penetration and then you can get some transient erythema. But this is a patient after six sessions. She did not want any kind of invasive approach. We discussed all her treatment options. We do tend to see with the radiofrequency, more skin tightening as well as some dissolution of the fat. So the patients are very happy with that. And um, again, weight taken, measurements taken all before we perform. And then this is a tripolar contact radio frequency, and you can see an improvement in the skin texture, and this was after seven sessions with uh, a tripolar machine. Non-contact radio frequency, so something's gonna sit over the skin and not touch the skin, so there's no operator needed. It sits over the skin, there's no consumable. There's minimal to no pain with this. Um, It can treat larger areas. The issue again is it's multiple sessions. This is not a one and done thing, it's multiple sessions. You do have to be careful because you can still actually get, even though the skin is not being touched by the machine, you still can get a burn so you have to make sure it's adjusted properly, that you do have an operator that comes in and checks on the patient and makes sure that they're not having any discomfort. We actually will give a little button for the patient so we have buzzers, so they can buzz us if there's anything going on or anything feels a little weird because there is no anesthetic used. And so if they have any burning sensation, we do have them call us. We adjust the machine itself, and that burning that does occur can last up to one month. Here's a patient after three sessions with that machine, and you can see that there's some nice tightening of the skin as well as some reduction of the fat. Patients like it and again, it's a lot easier to do and there's no operator necessary. High intensity focused ultrasound. So this is a nice one in the sense that there are no consumables again. You can get skin tightening, there's no operator necessary. It is FDA approved for the abdomen. Multiple sessions again are needed. The issue that we found the most about this product really was the pain involved and the patients do say that it hurts. Um, and I think, at least in my neck of the woods, I don't know about you, Jean, but in my neck of the woods, people don't like pain. <laughs> they really don't like pain. They want you to do anything possible to avoid pain. And so this is not a real popular uh, procedure in our office. Definitely need to avoid the bony areas because that's where you can get that cutaneous injury. Um, and so patient that. But we get some decent results. This is just to show a patient that we did um, with two sessions with the I- HIFU. And patient was very happy, but did describe significant discomfort in the process. Low frequency, non-thermal focused ultrasound. So this is, um, is, we do not have this machine in our office. This is a mechanical disruption up to 1.5 centimeters. There is minimal pain with it. Um, Mixed results in what I've seen in the data. You can get erythema, purpura, blistering. That's of course the danger because that can scar. And a transient pain sensation. This is from the company, the before and afters. Um, They're they're decent results. It's supposed to be only two weeks after, which is um, I think pretty dramatic after two weeks. So I, I again, these are not my pictures at all. Low level light lasers. This is a category that I think is so exciting and so dynamic because there's so much that you can do with low level light lasers. We use it in our practice in multiple, multiple areas. Uh, the excitement when you're doing the area of fat removal or fat destruction that you can get, it treats with no pain, no downtime, no consumables. The operator just needs to put the patient under the machine. It's FDA-approved for non-invasive fat reduction of the abdomen uh, or waste. There are multiple sessions needed. It's um, the, the real issue, the idea is that you're actually creating with that low-level light laser, which is a very low energy that does not cause heat, you're creating pores in the fat cells. So the question does remain, is it temporary or permanent? Um, that, that really is the issue with it, but there is Absolutely no pain. That same machine, I tore my gastrocnemius and I stuck my leg under that machine and I was healed in 10 days and they wanted me in a boot for six weeks. So we know low-level light lasers have amazing results on many different wavelengths and uh, fat is just one of them. Here's a patient before and after six sessions. Again, no pain whatsoever. Um, Patient was very happy. Again, measurements were taken before and after. Okay, so we have some of those questions now. Does non-invasive lipolysis hurt? And the answer is sometimes. It depends on the modality. And there are certain machines that do hurt. There are some that hurt not at all. And there are some that can hurt if it gets a little too hot. So again, know your machine, know how it works, know what to warn the patient. And if the patient is really experiencing discomfort, something's probably wrong, so you need to make an adjustment. Does non-invasive lipolysis take more than one session? Always, never, sometimes. And the answer is sometimes. So the idea is that I warn my patients it can take more than one session. If I have a happy patient with one session, great. But I warn my patient that it can take more than one session. And then you won't have a disappointed or unhappy patient. Is non-invasive lipolysis permanent? Always, never, sometimes. And the answer is sometimes. As I mentioned, there are certain machines that create a permanent dissolution of the fat. Some of the machines, by creating pores, may not completely dissolve the fat, but rather just shrink those fat cells, which means if you were to gain weight again, it could enlarge those fat cells. All right, so we're gonna go into the minimally invasive lipolysis now, which include the injectable adipolysis, injection lipolysis, which is different, subdermal radiofrequency, and laser lipolysis. So, injectable adipolysis, I studied this back in 2004, I think, was my first publication in the um, Derm Surgery Journal. And it was based on an article that Dr. Rittis did in Brazil. And it was basically a combination of deoxycholate and phosphatidylcholine. And we found that it dissolved fat. And then one of my residents, Adam Rotunda, took it to the lab and discovered it was the deoxycholate, so very simple deoxycholate in the little double combination of the two was causing the fat destruction or dissolution. The nice thing is that it's a a relatively quick injection. It's multiple little injections, again, depending on where you're going to use it. The product that is now available is used in the neck. I will tell you that I have used combinations, whether it's PCDC or just DC, in all areas of the body. It's best when treating small areas. Um, People that end up coming in to see me that have had it done, let's say, on an entire abdomen, uh, oftentimes have irregularities and it's not smooth, things like that. But when you treat small pockets of fat, they, it seems to do really well. So the preaxillary fat here, again, people that have had liposuction and have irregularities left will use it for those areas. There's little recovery, except that, especially in the neck, swelling seems to be the biggest complication. And pure deoxycholate tends to give you the most of the swelling. Um, again, minimal complications, and it does degrade that cell membrane on the fat cells so that you have permanent fat removal, so this is not a temporary thing, it's permanent, it's done in sessions. so typically patients come back once a month for injection sessions until the area is healed. Negatives, of course, are the risk of bruising, the tenderness, the swelling is a big deal. The cost, I think, is the biggest issue with the product that's out right now. The Having studied it, I know that the product does not cost that much to make, and it becomes very cost- prohibitive for certain individuals because, again, that product is quite expensive now to purchase. Um, Multiple sessions, again, you have to explain to patients that it can take multiple sessions, get before and after pictures uh, so you can see what they look like, and then again, small volume areas. And here's a patient of ours that we did um, just with the PCDC, and it just shows you after, you can see here, five injections um, this one was before and after four injections. He could still get another one or two injections in there, but you can see that the volume has definitely come down. I warn patients, I say the average is four to six sessions, and, uh, and they can need more. It just depends on the patient. Um, before I finish on that one, we do now have different heads on like, cryolipolysis that can be targeting that submental area as well, so we'll oftentimes use that first to debulk the area, and then we can do things like uh, deoxycholate. Injection lipolysis, this is actually the salmeterol, the which is a new drug being studied, and I'm not allowed to use any more information than is up here because we're in the process of studying it, um, which the idea is that this SX is a long-acting adrenergic agonist, and it goes onto the receptors of these fat cells. The idea is that it creates, again, um, a destruction, but the question is, is it temporary or permanent? And the idea is it's supposed to make these cells leaky so that you have a shrinkage of those cells, keeping the membranes intact, which should lead to a little bit more tightening of the skin, things like that. So again, that's really the issue. Um, The nice thing about it is that it is something else in the armamentarium of injectable uh, ways to inject the fat and and remove it or shrink it. The one small issue with high doses, and that's why they're modifying different kinds of dose um, elements, is that you can get tachyphalaxis, and so you have to be careful because that can have a negative effect on the lipolytic activity. It does take multiple sessions. You can get mild site reactions. Um, On the higher concentrations, it can be uncomfortable. So uh, that's what they're, again, working on, so I can't show anything more. Um, Injectable radiofrequency. This is a great machine in our office. This is a way to remove fat. It does tighten the skin. It's nice for fixing errors in liposuction. It um, has a sensor. It actually has a camera attached to the machine, so you can see the temperature around everything you get to the temperature that you want, you set the temperature, and based on what you're doing, in this case, if we're targeting fat, we can set the temperature to about 60 to 65 degrees, so when I reach that temperature inside the skin, I know I'm dissolving fat. And so what will happen in an area, again, this is inside the skin, so we are making small, let's say we're doing the neck, we're making small insertion points, about one millimeter in size, the laser goes, or the radio frequency laser goes inside the tissue, to that fat tissue layer and dermal tissue layer and you heat it up so we get destruction of the fat as well as tightening of the skin using that machine. And again, these are small insertion sites so we can stick a little stitch in it or we can actually just close it with some, uh, some stereo strips and the patients do great. Only real issue with it is you can have swelling and bruising. You do have to anesthetize similar to what you're doing with liposuction so it's tumescent anesthesia but less of it and uh, so we do warn patients that there is more downtime related to it. Cost of the machine is an issue. There are consumables with it, but not a lot. Um, Again, bruising, swelling, they can drain depending on what area of the body you're doing, so they may have some downtime with that. There is a rare risk of burn. It's important that the machine get turned off when you remove it at the insertion site, because otherwise you can heat that tissue at the insertion site and cause a a damage to the tissue itself and create a little wound there. Um, And then depending on the area, it can take a long time. You can do multiple areas of the body. You can do the abdomen. You can do the thighs. You can do the inner thighs. You can do pretty much any area. But when you get to larger areas, it just takes a lot longer to perform the procedure. The cannulas themselves are, are 12 to 18 um, millimeters in size, and or, I'm sorry, uh, centimeters in size, and so they are relatively long, but you have to go very slow. The biggest thing is that the machine itself, when you move the wand, it's very slow. And the tip of it is only about the size of an almond. That's where the heat is being generated, the radio frequency heat. Here's a patient, um, uh, one of my staff actually. We tried it out on her and it just shows you. This is only two weeks out. She had a little bit of swelling at the two week mark, but you can see that there's fat removal um, and some nice skin retraction with that. This is one of my patients that I like to show because what's interesting with it is that especially when these patients have a lot of laxity of the skin, what we're finding is these patients, the longer they go out, because we're heating that dermal tissue in addition to removing fat, is we're getting long-term improved skin tightening. So these patients do well at two months, three months, six months, they get improved collagen tightening with this procedure. Laser light pulses has been around for a while. Again, you're heating the dermis with a laser. Um, you're tightening the skin. Thinner cannulas are used, and uh, again, to probe um, these less fat irregularities. The smaller the cannulas you have, you can be much more target-specific and not have a lot of lumps and bumps. It is nice for fibrous areas. Issue becomes that you can get dermal irregularities if you heat up that tissue on the surface too much because you're inside the skin, and if that dermal tissue gets too hot, you can create irregularities. It's the cost of a laser. You can have a risk of a laser malfunction and a burn. That's, of course, the worst-case scenario. and I find that in these situations, most of the time if I need liposuction, I will usually do liposuction first and then add laser lipolysis after. Here's a patient, one week post-op. You can see they do really, really well. Um, We do wear a garment for that one week, but take off the garment, you can see he's got a little bit of bruising, but not a big deal, but some nice skin retraction. And here's another patient before and after three weeks post-op. Okay, your little questions. Minimally invasive lipolysis is permanent. True or false? And the answer is true. It is permanent. This is a permanent destruction of those fat cells. I tell patients that if we destroy fat in an area and you gain a lot of weight, typically it will come back somewhere else. All right, so we're gonna get into the last one, which is the invasive lipolysis. This is still the gold standard for removal of fat, especially in large areas. If you're really targeting a large abdomen, you're gonna be there forever with a lot of these other modalities or a lot of treatment sessions. And in the end, if you look monetarily at it, they can become very cost um, prohibitive. But uh, these are the four basic ones, ultrasonic assisted liposuction, water jet assisted liposuction, power assisted liposuction, and infrasonic vibratory liposuction. So, ultrasonic-assisted liposuction, the nice thing is you're dealing with this high-frequency vibration that creates this, again, this probe goes in, it shakes up the fat cells, emulsifies them or liquefies them, and it's, it's a nice way to actually move the tumescent anesthesia around. The biggest issue that I see, and I've had patients come to see me with this, I've not had it myself, but um, if that gets too hot, you can actually cause a burn, and that's the biggest complication that we see, but it is a great way to remove large quantities of fat, Uh, Again, the machine can be costly, and then the question really is just, are you getting a lot of tightening? I don't think you're getting a lot of tightening with that procedure. But just to show you, this is a before and after. One month, um, patients have really good results, and uh, again, this is not a large abdomen, but this is someone who wanted a one and done kind of procedure. Water jet assisted liposuction, this is the nicest for people that are going to use that fat for fat transfer. It's a special way of actually, it's a closed system, and it has a very high-pressure spray, so when you actually extract that fat, that fat is nice and clean and can be reinjected into the face or any part of the body that you want, breast tissue, whatever. Um, there's minimal blood contamination, and it's a low-pressure system, so you're not, getting, um, you're not getting destruction of those fat cells. You're actually getting nice, firm fat cells that are intact. And uh, again, there's less tumescent anesthesia, so they'll have less tissue distortion when you're actually doing the liposuction. There's less trauma and healing. Um, it's re- this is one of those ones that's really technique dependent. You need to get good at it uh, to have really nice results. And then there are expendables involved, and it is a costly machine. But this is a patient two months after, and um, really, really great results, and some really good skin retraction as well. And we use very very small cannulas when we're doing these. Power-assisted liposuction. This is a high-speed linear reciprocating suction, so it kind of does the work for you. It's um, it's a tool. It's a nice thing to have, especially if you're if you don't want to work so hard. Because I know that when I do liposuction, by the end I'm done, uh, my arms are killing me, especially on very fibrous people that are very large cases. Um, it has a vibrate- vibrating tip, and the smaller cannulas are less traumatic, but um, but it is another piece of equipment. It is, you know, it's an an added cost for you, but there's less pain for the patient and less work for the physician, which is always nice. There is no heat, so there's no risk of burn. Here's a patient we just tried it on, and uh, she did great. She would have done great with any kind of liposuction, I think, but um, just to show you what that looks like. Again, one and done, infrasonic vibratory liposuction. This is, um, people will say it tickles. Uh, the idea is that it's preserving that fibrous tissue, so in, the theory is that if you can preserve the fibrous tissue, that you'll get more retraction of the skin, you won't have more laxity when you remove the fat, less trauma. Again, it vibrates, so it tickles. Um, there is no heat, so no risk of thermal injury, and that there's less, ex- less energy expended by the surgeon, and these are actually sound waves that are being used versus ultrasonic. Um, it's an added cost because it's another machine, and you can have equipment failure with this. But here's a patient, one and done, one month post-op. When we do liposuction, we always, I think someone mentioned earlier, everything we do gets an instruction sheet before and an instruction sheet after, so we always go over what patients need. In this case, when they're post-liposuction, we explain that they can have lumps and bumps and swelling and, and bruising and things like that. We always offer lymphatic massage, different kinds of ultrasonic machines to do post-liposuction so that we get faster results, removing the, uh, the fluids down, uh, down quicker. We will sometimes do light-based devices um, every week for six weeks. Again, that will help recovery. We'll sometimes do skin tightening again. If we've done someone and they have a lot of laxity or if I see striae in an area before I do liposuction, I know that they're probably gonna need some kind of skin tightening device after, and it's usually done a few weeks post-procedure. We will do injectable RF for people that have irregularities. Sometimes we'll do some Kenalog in there or some deoxycholate for irregularities as well um, a few months out. And usually I I try to tell people that in general they see about 25% result each month, so about four months is when we see our final results with liposuction. But everything has its side effects. This was a gentleman who had been my patient for a long time. He for some reason decided that he needed to go see a surgeon and the surgeon decided he was going to do laser lipolysis on the fat in his face. So he came to see me. I kid you not, I can't even make up this story. He was on his way to Thailand and he stopped in my office before he left for the airport. And that is what he looked like when he walked in my office. And he said he had seen his plastic surgeon who did the procedure, and he said everything's fine. So I, of course, cultured this, told him he should not leave on a plane. This came back a very rare bacteria that required a $2,000 antibiotic to clear. This is him after four months after antibiotics. We did pulse dye lasers and fillers, and you can see he's much better, but he's not perfect. And, and, you know, considering where he came from, um, the other side looked bad as well. It wasn't quite as bad as this side, but we're still treating him. Um, But again, know your machines, be careful what you do, know that there are things that can go wrong, and if you're not sure, make sure that you get someone to take a look at it. Um, Again, photography is key. It's key in everything we do, and and when you're dealing with patients, you want to know what they look like before you do anything. I tell my staff that even if we're not doing something, every year a patient comes in, a a new picture is taken. Uh, check when you're doing any kind of body work, it's important, even the face, for pre-procedural asymmetry. You really want to mark things down. If you notice that someone's bigger on one side than the other, you need to remark that to the patient so that when they come back, if one side looks perfect and the other side needs another treatment, you can say, well, that was the bigger side and we may need to do a little bit more on the the other side. Um, Post-procedure, you want to see if there's some kind of irregularity that wasn't there before, need to fix that. Don't promise the world. you know. If you make a home run, great, but I never promise that. I always say that it can take multiple sessions. If they come back and they're thrilled in one, fabulous. But I always warn them that it can take multiple sessions, prepare for minor touch-ups, combination again seems to work best depending on the patient, and then again, photography. So body shaping is rapidly advancing. I think that you need to understand what's out there. You need to understand the machines that are out there. It doesn't mean that one machine is that much better than another. It's understanding what they do and how they work and how they can fit into the practice. Uh, Learn it, learn it well. Know what can go wrong and how to take care of it. Um, Understand that these non-invasive machines typically are multiple sessions. And again, that combination therapy does work best. And then when you see a patient, if that's what you're writing, which it says, just plain nuts, run. Okay. The overall performance of the speaker. How useful will this session be in your practice? As a result of this program, do you intend to change your patient care? Okay, so the question number one, do you think you get better results with cryo or radiofrequency? So cryolipolysis, depending again on the patient, if I'm dealing with a patient that just has pockets of fat and I'm not really worried about skin tightening, I'll go first with cryolipolysis. If I have someone that has minimal fat but more skin laxity, a lot lot of these moms that have had their children and and they're fit and they're they're exercising but have a tiny bit of fat, I'll usually start with radiofrequency because I find that I can get a little bit of dissolution of the fat and I can get more skin tightening which really is what they're, they're looking at more than anything. But sometimes if they want everything, we may do the cryolipolysis first followed by the radiofrequency. If I had to buy one machine, what's the best economic value? It really depends, and I say this when it comes to lasers as well, it depends on the clientele you have. So you need to look at your population, who is around you? You know, are you seeing the moms that are coming in and and skin tightening is more of a big deal? Or are you seeing the people that just have pockets of fat, things like that? So I really think you have to look at your target audience. If you're not sure, put up a little sign in your waiting room that says, hey, we're thinking of doing fat removal. What bothers you? And you'll have people that comment on that, and then you can get a better idea of what would be the most useful in your practice. The biggest mistake I see is that people will buy a machine and then they have it and then they're like, oh, well, no one seems to be interested in that. So very, very important. These machines are not cheap and most of them have consumables. So really try to get an idea of who the population is that you're treating and what will be the most useful device in that practice? Uh, any new technology that's new and up, and up and coming. There is a lot of technology that's new and up and coming. Um, the biggest thing to understand is, and people call all the time and say, Oh, what about this laser? Or what about this machine? And I don't, and I say, it's not the name of the machine, it's the way the technology works. So I don't care if you have brand X, Y, or Z, if it's Bipolar radiofrequency, it's bipolar radiofrequency. So it's really understanding the technology behind it and then deciding is that what your practice needs. So cryolipolysis right now is the only one doing the freezing of the fat, um, but there are new ones coming out on the horizon as well. And so the idea is again understanding the technology and then you can, you can put it on whatever, you know, brand X, Y, or Z. It doesn't really matter there. It's just, again, understanding each concept and how it works. Um, and there are lots more on the road. So you know, there's always a new one coming out. I, I just mentioned, Dr. Gilbert and I were talking, there's another machine that seems very promising, but the machine itself costs $200,000. And so would I buy a $200,000 machine when I have four other modalities or five other modalities in my office to do the same thing? Probably not, because your ROI is gonna be kind of crazy. Are any of these techniques suitable for excess skin after weight loss surgery? Yes, the one that is most suitable is the injectable radiofrequency because when you do weight loss surgery and you have a lot more laxity, things like contact radiofrequency, it's it's not gonna change. You really have to go in there and try to get that dermal change and that's where an injectable radiofrequency would be the answer on that. Would you tell us what you mean? (laughs) Um, Am I allowed to say it or am I gonna get in trouble? Yes or no? Thumbs up? Okay. Um, Thermi-RF is the one that I have. (laughs) Um, Complications with reinserted adipose tissue. So the complications, of course, infection, that's a big one. Um, Lumps and bumps, same thing when you're doing any kind of fillers. So it's really important that you have a good way of harvesting the fat, making sure it's very clean, making sure that it is, and that's the other issue is that if you do harvest the fat, depending on how you do it, Um, some people will centrifuge it, but the idea is that if you centrifuge it too high of a a level, the fat cells will actually disrupt, and so you're actually injecting collagen, not fat. And typically I'll tell my patients that fat injections last about 25% of the fat is permanent. So some of it's just gonna go away anyway. So what happens is when you're injecting, you wanna make sure that you do small amounts, thin layers, diffuse application. You don't wanna do boluses with fat, otherwise you're gonna have a funny look. I don't do fat on the lower lids. I think it's a bad area, even though I have people that come in to me and have had it done there. I find that the cells, again, are larger, and oftentimes that can cause problems unless you're disrupting the cells, in which case you're just injecting collagen. So you just have to be careful. Definitely want to be able to do a clean way of harvesting those fat cells, and that's where the water jet is nice. Um, I have a lot of patients with cellulite ask about lipo. What do you use for cellulite? So cellulite, is, it's a very interesting topic. I tell people that cellulite, in my opinion, even though we have new modalities to treat cellulite, is still a very hard treatment in that I think it seems to still come back. So even though these newer machines um, that they'll use like the um, Selfina, which basically breaks the the tissue up, it's like a needle that goes in and, and breaks up those fibrous bands, the way I describe it is that cellulite is a natural look to the skin based on where the fat cells and where the fibrous tissue intertwine. And so, skinny people have cellulite. It's not based on that. The idea is that the thicker the muscle is, the thinner the patient, the smaller the fat cells become, so it can be less noticeable. But you'll see skinny people can also have cellulite. And the idea is that when we would do liposuction, we would try to break those fibrous bands in the hopes that we would destroy Cellulite. And patients would say, oh, my God, my cellulite's better. And I would usually say, okay, just wait. (laughs) It'll be back. Um, Because I think that, again, we create these new fibrous tissue. And so what I do with my patients is I say, you can do these treatments for cellulite. It will definitely help. And so I love, like, bipolar radiofrequency. I love for cellulite. And I say it will look great. But know that it's something that's ongoing. So my patient may do six, eight, ten sessions every other week they look fabulous and they might come back once a month. Or in LA, Manhattan Beach, they'll get it done before bikini season and then they'll fall off the wagon and then they'll come back when they have to get back out there in a bikini, that kind of a thing. So that's how I, I do it and that's my opinion on, on cellulite. And Jean, do you have any comments that you wanna make on cellulite? Um, do you do Cellfina, um, by the way? No, I don't no. Okay. but the point about the anatomy is really important. Yeah, yeah, so um, how many patients Ask about cool sculpting. So it's interesting. I, I think if you advertise more in your waiting room, they might ask more. What I do is when a patient comes in for a consult, sometimes we'll get people that just come in asking about fat reduction. So they'll just say, you know, what can I get done? And some people will see a brochure in the waiting room that talks about, about cool sculpting, things like that. Um, but when people come in, I usually try to go kind of from head to toe. And so if they come in for a consultation because they want to talk about their skin texture, things like that, we always ask, is there anything else you're thinking about? You know, we kind of go from head to toe. And I do talk about, we do do PRP in our office. We do a lot of hair stuff. And I will talk from the tip of their head to the bottom of their toes, whatever they want to discuss. And that's oftentimes where the conversation will, will come up. And then we just talk about our options. And again, cool sculpting is a great option. It's something that we talk, I would say, how many patients? I would say probably at least one a day talks about cool sculpting, if that answered that question. Uh, my practice has cryolipolysis but has mixed results, sometimes notching, lumpiness, any suggestions? So, number one, you need to look at that patient before you start, and the question is, is that patient lumpy-bumpy before you even start? And then, you need to make sure that you're applying those applicators in the right area. We do not like the large head on the cryolipolysis machine because we find it the most painful So we tend to do the smaller heads, we find it's less painful for the patient. And then again, you need to make sure you're placing in the right area. So I will typically mark my patients before anyone puts them on the machine. Hope that helps. Uh, Which category is sculpture in? Sculpture is in the um, non-contact radiofrequency. Oh, one more. Fat roller PPL? What's PPL? Oh, people, okay. <laughs> um, getting online, oh, fat roller. <laughs> um, so again, I think that kind of falls into that. People will try anything. Um, fat, if you don't heat fat to a certain degree, you're not going to destroy it. It's as simple as that. And if your machine doesn't get down to the fatty tissue layer, you're not gonna destroy it. So a roller on the skin, I think it's similar, maybe not even as good, as the um, old endermology, because these were kind of deep tissue rollers. So you may get some temporary swelling that appears to make it better, but I don't think you're getting anything permanent. Any other questions? No? We're just so good? We're so on time? Okay. This has been a production of Dermcast TV brought to you by the Society of Dermatology PAs, recorded live during our summer 2017 meeting in San Diego, California.